what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. and welcome to the caregiver community. This is a forum where we hold conversations with guest speakers about topics that are of interest to adult child caregivers of aging parents. My name is Jane Everson and my co-host is Frances Hall. How are you doing today, Frances? I'm doing fine. Thank I'm you. I'm glad to hear that. I know you and your mom have had a rough couple of months lately. <laughs> it's been intense, but that's okay. <laughs> it's good to have you back with us at the caregiver community. Thank you. There are an estimated 10 million Americans caring for one or more aging parents or maybe in-laws or other aging family members. So Francis and I are among these numbers. Each of us currently provides care for our mothers. And as a result, we created the caregiver community to help us gather information and resources to better care for our aging family members, but also to better care for ourselves. Finances, I think, are always a sensitive family issue. I know in my family, we never discussed finances. My father handled all of my parents' banking, investments, really until a few days before he died. After he died, my mother, for the first time in her life, became responsible for everything from paying monthly bills to negotiating with lawn care services, monitoring their modest investments, and organizing paperwork and income taxes. After my father's death, it quickly became apparent to me, and thankfully to my mother as well, that there were a number of potential scams that seemed to be targeted specifically at the elderly. Fortunately, my mother knew not to give personal information over the telephone or on the internet. She became suspicious when someone called purporting to be the IRS, and she called me quite upset when a Craigslist buyer sent her a check, asked her to cash it, and send the extra money to him. Other seniors, I understand, are not so lucky. We've all heard horror stories, I imagine. Other seniors even fall prey to financial abuse from caregivers or maybe even their own family members. But what is financial abuse? What should adult child caregivers know, and what should they do to help their elderly family members? To help us answer these questions and others, we're going to be talking in this program with Lauren Benbow. Lauren is an attorney with the North Carolina Secretary of State's office, and she focuses on investor protection as well as the promotion of the Advanced Care Directive Register. Lauren is a graduate of the University of Delaware and the William & Mary School of Law. Lauren, welcome to the caregiver community, and thank you for being with us today. This is a really important topic, and we're looking forward to learning more about it. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Good. So neat. Good. <laughs> Quick disclaimer. I apologize. Um, my information is only educational. It certainly is not legal advice, and certainly, certainly is not financial advice. Uh, the views expressed are my own, so please don't blame Secretary Marshall for any mistakes I might make. And then... Everything, as far as I know, is truthful and accurate. We talked about how some of those numbers are really difficult to pin down. So we'll talk about that when we get there, about how difficult it is to be accurate about some of these numbers. So that's my disclaimer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's get started a little bit with just some basic terms. What is financial abuse and why does it impact the elderly and how prevalent is it? Oh, my gosh. It's so prevalent. It's really scary. And I'm happy. I'm sad to hear about your mom being so suspicious, but I'm so happy to hear about (laughs) it because that's the mindset I want people to have. Um, So I'm going to talk about some elder investment fraud and financial exploitation. It's a lot broader than you think, and you already mentioned some of it, but 
in North Carolina especially, um, and other states are going to have similar issues. I know we have listeners in other states, but investors, uh, investment advisors, broker-dealers, they're supposed to be registered with their Secretary of State's office, and the products they're selling are supposed to be registered. Now, there are some exceptions to that, of course, but the best thing to do is really double-check it, because even if they say they're an exception to the rule, you want to make sure they're really the exception to the rule, right? So then you also want to think about fraudulent offerings, unsuitable investments. So this is something people don't think of. In North Carolina, this is actually uh, governed mostly by the Department of Insurance, probably the same in other states. But selling lifetime annuities to a 99-year-old grandpa, right? Unsuitable. I hope he lives forever. But a lifetime investment at 99 is is not suitable for someone his age. So that's just kind of, a, you know, that's a gray area, though. But you need to be on the lookout for that. You want to think about caregiver exploitation, like you mentioned, and then criminal fraud. Um, and it's huge. I mean, it goes anywhere from the Ponzi schemes that are affecting older people to the telephone calls that people get to the people that go around door to door to charity scams. I mean, that's all really affects the older population and it's really harmful. So I have some, some numbers that I got from a few reports and the report showed that one out of five over age 65 are exploited. And I always want people when I do presentations to sit with that for a minute because that's someone, you know, right? Mm -hmm. That is a number. We, we toss out numbers, I think daily that, People don't let them sink in. One out of five is somebody in your church, someone in your family, someone at book club, quilting club. I mean, that's someone you know. Mm-hmm. Then the numbers, uh, it's difficult to pinpoint. I have one report that said it's about $2.9 billion being lost in financial exploitation. Billion with a B? Billion with a B. Wow. To $36 billion. Holy wow. mackerel. Holy mackerel. Absolutely. And the reason it's so difficult is because people don't report it. I mean, we all know this, but people either don't know it's happening, so they're certainly not going to... They don't know that the IRS doesn't call you, for Mm -hmm. instance, right? right? So they don't know that they weren't supposed to send money. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't know they're being defrauded with Mm -hmm. all their, you know, investments. Um, People don't report it because they're scared they're going to lose their independence. They mm-hmm. think that if they tell someone, they're going to lose control of all the finances. They're going to be moved into a home. Mm-hmm. People don't report it because they're embarrassed. Sure. And that's sure. probably the number one kicker. <laughs> and even I give these presentations all the time. Nobody ever tells me it happened to them. They just tell me it happened to somebody else, right. someone they know, <laughs> and all the things they do to make sure it never happens to them, which I'm happy to hear. But people still won't admit it, even though I tell them, don't ever be embarrassed because... So, assumingly, the be. numbers are much greater than you said. They might so be. much of it's unreported. Yeah, it's wow. really scary, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and the last reason is, is, like you mentioned, the person doing it is either someone they rely on, like a caregiver, so they don't want to report it, they feel intimidated, or it's someone that they love, mm-hmm. like, a, like a member of their family. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, it's really hard to get these numbers. Um, you know, I'm just one person, but the reports I've read... They're kind of all over the place, it's a, but it's a big problem. I think we can safely say that, right? It's a big mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read a report that said about a third of the abuse cases that are reported, reported being our key word there, about a third are for financial exploitation. But we estimate in our office that about half of our enforcement actions deal with seniors. 
which is just so scary, Mm -hmm. isn't it? And that's just in North Carolina. And there's part of it that my heart is going out to the people who are exploited, but it's sort of like, okay, but something needs to be done. Right. You know, it's time for action. I agree. I mean, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be upfront. Me personally, I worry that this is not going to get better because the bag people are making a ton of money off of it, right? I mean, billions with a B. Um, baby boomers are aging. I know you're both caregivers. Baby boomers are, are they're getting to that age. And in North Carolina, I worry because it's beautiful here. A lot of people are retiring to North Carolina. So, right, right. You so know. you have your work cut out for you. I think I do. I, I think I'll be I think that's called for job a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I suspect that not only the reasons you gave, but also scams and, and issues just are more complicated oh with the Internet and with all the, the opportunities to just, I guess, be more creative criminal. They can come at you from everywhere. And it's just, it's so frightening. And, you know, there's a lot of talk out there that the criminals are lazy and and they're stupid. And in some ways they are, right? Because they're not working. Um, they're stealing from us. But in the other ways, I just, I don't want anyone to be embarrassed because these people are good at what they do, unfortunately. They are, my, my supervisor always says they're called con artists mm-hmm. for a reason because they are artists they are figuring out what we're worried about i mean everyone's a little scared of the irs right so <laughs> when the irs calls yeah, everyone gets yeah, a little nervous yeah, you listen yeah. you do listen mm-hmm. and i you know it's tricks like that they know how to manipulate you mm-hmm. and i think that's huge so we all really my point is we all really need to be keeping an eye out for each mm-hmm. other and really you know share this information Lorna, are there are all seniors susceptible or are there some that are more susceptible than others so it depends on the scam in a lot of different cases. Um, you know, there are some scams that are targeted towards certain people. Um, however, we've seen an investment fraud. There's a misconception out there, I think, that every victim of every scam is a lonely old grandma on a dark country road, right, who always answers the phone and, and that's who your victim is. And we have found for investment frauds, it's Sir, it's absolutely not who you would think. So it tends to be seniors who are relatively young, about 55 to 62, hmm. which I don't even really think of as being a senior in my... Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you I don't much. think that that's a senior. Um, but urban, they tend to be pretty urban, so big cities. College educated, so let's point out there again, you're not stupid, you're not greedy, you're not a fool, you're usually more educated if you're going to be an investment fraud victim. They tend to be pretty financially sophisticated. Um, so, you know, they're, they are, I, I have two theories. I think that they're more comfortable moving around large sums of money at one time if you're more financially sophisticated. And I also think you understand or think you understand <laughs> some really difficult, mm-hmm. complex terms that probably aren't suitable for most people. Um, they tend to be thrifty. I think that's a trait that kind of goes across the... Mm-hmm. across the, the spectrum there. People who are thrifty are really looking out for deals, looking for bargains, sure. and let's point out if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but investment fraud victims tend to be men. They tend to be married, and they tend to have made more money over their lifetime, hmm. usually above $50,000. The kicker, though, and I think this one might also go across some, uh, some spectrums, they trust their judgment above others. That's, and I don't know what it is about it. I think that they don't call into our office to double check. And I'm not just saying men. I'm just saying mm-hmm. people who trust their judgment above others. 
Don't call into our office to double check and they might fall for someone and they say, you know, I've known him since I was 10 years old. We go to college, we went to college together. He's, he was my best man at my wedding. Of course I trust him. And unfortunately, that's not always the, the best person to trust mm-hmm. with your savings. So I think that's so, such a frightening reminder. Question, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be anybody. And I think that's what this profile really shows you is that hmm. there's not a stereotypical victim, right? It re- They are targeting it to right. who you are <laughs> and everyone's a potential victim. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter your income, your education level. It's just different scams work on different people. Yes, I find that. Yeah, I find (laughs) that really interesting because I I would have thought the same thing. In fact, one of the things I was going to ask you, sort of as a follow up, Mm -hmm. I found after my father died, that it was if somebody was reading the obituaries or checking the funeral home. All of a sudden, within weeks, my mother was getting all sorts of too good to be true kind of. Here's some ways you should think about investing your money, Mm -hmm. and and some of it was moving places. Some of it was Mm -hmm. was a long term care insurance or uh, annuities and things that. She knew nothing about They just came out of the woodwork, it seemed like. And I think that's one of the scariest things that older people, like younger people, I think, kind of get this, even though they're also scared of it. But older people are surprised at how much information about them is out there, you know? And and they don't, they say, I'm not on Facebook and I'm I'm not, you know, online and things like that. That doesn't really matter as much. I mean, yes, you're certainly less out there than other people, but you're you might not be out there, but your grandchild's out there. Mm-hmm. And if she posts a picture of you and her at graduation and tags, you know, her and Nana, and then she gets, you know, Nana gets a grandma scam, right. which we'll talk about, and they call her Nana, you know, right? That's that's oh, information sure. she didn't realize was out there. Sure, was out sure. There. I'm fascinated though with the profile of what I would consider to be fairly young people and well-educated, that really surprises me. Yeah. And that really I wonder is a if it's up. people getting ready to retire and realizing for the first time maybe they're caring for their aging parents, mm-hmm. realizing that their parents are in a nursing home, spending a lot of money, and all of a sudden the money that you think you had saved and was going to be sufficient for retirement now doesn't seem doesn't like enough. So you right. still think you're young enough that with a good, mm-hmm. uh, well, good being a relative term, investment plan, you might be able to to recoup some of the money that you think you're going to need. Is there any number, any percentage of investment scam, meaning that you've gone to someone for investment advice mm-hmm. uh, um, and investments versus the scam, the call, the door-to-door, that kind of stuff? Is there? Oh, I'm not sure if there's a percentage dividing them up. I, From what I've seen, just personally, anecdotally, the Ponzi schemes and the investment fraud, the numbers for that are huge. They're devastating to a community. And I don't know if you know you had one in your community not that long ago, which we can discuss later. But, you know, millions, 25 millions. There was one in another part of our state that was 82 million. Mm-hmm. I, that's huge. That's just devastating. Yes, it is. Um, whereas you have the scams that hit more people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But maybe for not as much money. Smaller Does dollars. that make sense? Sure, sure. And, and sometimes not small. You know, you see those things on Dr. Phil sometimes, and people have given away $300,000. Right, and right. so I don't know if there's a percentage. It seems like it's just scary all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all just need to be careful, yeah. no matter right, what. <laughs> right. 
Well, let's let's try to talk on a more positive note. Yes, sorry, I know. <laughs> no, no, I think that's really important that we, we are aware of how big the problem is. Yes. But what are some things that particularly people like Francis and I and our listeners, that adult child caregivers or other family members should be aware of when we visit or spend time with our aging parents? Absolutely. So in terms of investment fraud, you want to be really careful about any. It's for what mom always told you. It really is. But people forget. No guarantees. Right? All investments have inherent risks. So if someone's promising you returns, guaranteeing you returns, that's not a good sign. Um, High returns. If it's too good to be true, it is. I mean, I should say it probably is and all that, but Mm -hmm. in my experience, it's just if it's too good to be true, you're you're not going to get 10 to 50% a year guaranteed. That's just not going to happen. Pressure to act immediately. You know, anytime they want you to act now, they're intimidating you. They're, you know, pressuring you to make a decision immediately. That's not a good sign. I tell people you always have time to go home, to think it through, to speak with, you know, trusted advisors, speak with, you know, family and friends you trust. Um, Make sure you do your research. Make sure you call our office. Mm -hmm. Double check they're registered. Uh, Insider information. That's not a good sign. So no secrets is basically what I say. Um, We had one Ponzi scam that was going on, and they had people signing confidentiality agreements so people wouldn't talk about it. So that's just not a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing, and this cuts across everyone, anytime they're preying on your fears. We're all worried about money in some way, shape, or form, right? We all wish we had more. And people worry about college tuition or they worry about how they're going to take care of themselves as they age or healthcare costs or, you know, nursing homes. They're going to figure out what it is that you are worried about and that's how they're going to sell you on it. Mm -hmm. So those are things to be on the lookout for. And then I, I mentioned before we started recording, but we have a program that's aimed at healthcare professionals and how they can help be on the lookout for patients to come in, things to worry about in terms of financial exploitation, maybe some questions to ask. So I jotted down some of those. Some red flags in an individual's history are going to be recent loss, you know, and that's really common to older adults, unfortunately. Loss as in a family member, as like a, a family spouse. member, a loved one, uh-huh. friends, you uh-huh. know, just someone there. Sure. And I think the way this one works is that if you're looking for a sign from your deceased spouse that everything's going to be okay and then you get a call out of the blue that says they're going to, you know, triple your money or everything's going to be okay because you just won the lottery, people might be more apt to fall for it, right? We are more vulnerable. They think it's a sign and and so need to be careful about that. Um, Social isolation, dependence on other people for care, especially if they're uncomfortable with that person. Uh, financially responsible for adult children, alcohol, drug abuse, depression, mental illness. Some observations to look for are cognitive problems. Are they fearful or distressed? Fearful, uh, I'm sorry, suspicious or delusional? You want to really look for changes in appearance. So, you know, if she used to come in looking like Sunday best every time and now she comes in, she's uncomfortable, she's unkempt, that, that would be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Um, accompanied by caregivers who are overly protective or dominant, and then changes in ability to perform their activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. So some questions to think about. Um, you know, how are they managing their money? Uh, how is that going, right? Do you feel like you have enough? Do you feel like you can pay your bills? 
Um, do you regret or do you worry about any financial decisions you've made and, and why and what are they? Uh, have you given power of attorney to another person? How's that going? Do you have a will? Um, but you want to be concerned about if they're concerned about paying their bills. That's a red flag. You know, mm -hmm. that's things to ask questions about. Make sure they understand financial decisions, especially if someone else is making them for them. Mm -hmm. um, are they giving out loans or gifts that they can't afford? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of older people, mm -hmm. in my personal experience, are very generous, very giving. Right. You know, you can't take it with you, so they, but they still need to eat and they still need to live. So right. you need to be cautious if they're giving out more than they can afford. Um, are people calling them, asking them for money? And then is someone accessing their accounts and they don't know what's mm -hmm. going on there? Mm -hmm. So, you know, any kind anytime they seem uncomfortable, it raises kind of, kind of that red flag in your own head. You want to ask more questions. Yeah, sort of like go with that hunch. I think that's huge. Don't, don't just let that sit there, but go with that hunch. Right. If, if they seem different, if they seem stressed out, if there's a new person in this room in the you know room with them who's kind of dominating, the, those are a lot of red flags. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-hosts of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. What if you suspect abuse from another family member? Are there some particular things to think about or be, be aware of? I think, oh, I think your first lines of defense always, always, always are going to be local law enforcement and adult protective services. I think they're fantastic. They are just so good at checking out situations, trying to see what they can help with. They can dig into the case, things like that. Um, the other thing you can do is you want to, and I'm sorry, and Adult Protective Services is available in every county right. everywhere. Right. So right. any everyone should have access to that. And then if there's someone acting on their behalf or, you know, maybe it's a family member, but maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's a lawyer who's kind of new to the scene and you're uncomfortable with him. You might want to call the state bar. You know, look at who regulates hmm. that new person in their life. So if it's an investment advisor, you'll call the Secretary of State's office. If it's a new insurance person in their life who's selling them a lot of lifetime annuities, call Department of Insurance. And then if you're getting a lot of calls on the phone or you're concerned that they're sending out money to IRS agents, you know, you can call Department of Justice. Um, and, what about, what about um, charities that may or may not be legitimate? Yep. Charities are something you really need to be careful about. Um, and just, I, you give your money to who you want to give your money to, but you want to make sure that you know, as an informed consumer, you want to make sure the person you're giving the money to is it's going towards the cause. So in North Carolina, if you're soliciting money for a charity, you have to be registered with the North Carolina Secretary of State's office. Now, there are some exceptions, um, but once again, I'd much prefer people to call in our office and, and talk right. to us about that. And then... Um, so assumedly you, in other states, it would be the, the same same, same sort of office, yep. And then you also want to look... There are some great places online that you can call to double check. There are, you know, a lot of great organizations out there that are doing exactly what they say they're doing. 
and it's unfortunate that you just have a few bad seeds, and that's what makes you really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, one other note I just wanted to make while we're talking about this is that I think there's a frustration out there, and I feel this too when I do these presentations, but you know, adults are not children, right? Adults are different, and adults have the right <laughs> to make terrible, awful, <laughs> no good decisions, right? But we need to make sure that they understand what they're doing, that they're not doing under duress, that they... They fully comprehend their actions, and and I think that's where we can all be of assistance. And that sometimes does get to be a real tightrope to walk. Real tightrope. Lots of frustration there. Francis and I were smiling at each other as you said that because we have those same discussions (laughs) periodically about how our mothers spend their money and whether we think that's a good decision. But as long as they're competent to make that decision and they're willing and open to talk with us about it, we have to honor. Right. Because it's their money and it's their decisions. They get to make those decisions. There are some interesting fashion choices they might be making. And as long as they're warm or, or, or coolly enough dressed, I'd, well, you All wear right, that crazy right. hat. You go for it. Right, how many collectible pictures does a three-year-old woman really need? Or how many deviled egg plates does a three-year-old woman really need? But, you know, that being said, how many shoes do I need? I don't That's want, right. I guess, if That's you ask right. my husband, but I disagree with that. So. I, I am, I am glad you brought that point up. I think that's it's it's a it's a balance yes, sometimes. I is. think as adult children to honor our parents' financial wishes mm-hmm. while also being cautious and making sure that they really are making good choices. Yeah. Right. But that being right. said, if you if you see something, say something. Right. That's also right, huge right. too because. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all people need is a couple questions and the whole story will come out and you can step in and help. Yeah, we talk about that safety is non-negotiable. Right. And this is Absolutely. a safety issue, mm-hmm. yeah, very definitely. definitely. Oh, without but, a doubt. But but there are those times that although we would perceive something to be a safety issue, again, as long as they are competent, they get to make those decisions, right. even if we strongly disagree with right. that. They get to do that. <laughs> we've talked, Lauren, we've talked about what if we suspect a family member of abuse, what if we suspect a paid professional? Yeah. Is there a difference in how to go about figuring that out? That's where I think you want to turn to whoever's regulating that paid professional, you know, because everybody's got a boss somewhere. <laughs> we just have to figure out who that boss is and check into it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of trusted professionals that can, you know, if they're not acting in a trustworthy manner, can do a lot of damage. So you want to look at the Bar Association. You want to look at your state agencies. And there are tons of them out there that can help double-check, you know, people and, and the work that they're doing, and that's going to regulate them. So in every state, you're going to think about the Bar Association, or the state bar probably, right. um, the Secretary of State's office, the Attorney General's office or Department of Justice in that state, um, Department of Insurance, and then there are a lot of local agencies you can also reach out to to just see where to go, see who can help. But there's, I, I feel like there's always someone. You just need to figure out where to go. And that's and you shouldn't half the battle. Pick up the and you should never be afraid questions. to call and ask. Right, Absolutely. right. And I'm even thinking about caregivers, you know, professional caregivers mm-hmm. that may be with an agency. And if yes. so, then you go to the agency. But what about that single individual who has kind of hung out a shingle, if you will, right. you know, that I'm a professional caregiver. I, and that one, I think, I think whoever's going to regulate them. I mean, can you go to Department of Health and Human Services, maybe? That might be a great person to go to. But that I'm kind of 
Or at least adult protective services. Adult protective services, absolutely. Yeah, that probably would be a And local law enforcement. I mean, there really is. Right. If someone is acting independently, unlicensed, unregulated, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we can't stop them or check into them. It just, you know, I think adult protective services in that case are local law enforcement. Good, because I suspect that there are a number of people who might find themselves in that situation and just want to be able to make sure that they have some sort of fallback that if things, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, probably everything will be great and wonderful and fine. But there are those cases that that doesn't work out quite Mm -hmm. so right. Or if you're caregiving from a distance, if your parent is in another state Mm -hmm. and you're perhaps not able to just drop in and really check to know that it's okay to call in that community local adult protective services or law enforcement if you're seriously. Right, just stop by and check. And you just really keep a close eye on all finances and how they sound and, and check in on them because... Yeah, it's a lot of access. A lot of it's an access issue. You have people in the home who can... So we keep all our private information, right? right. So it's very easy for, for people to find it, and you just have to have to keep an eye on it. Everything, I yeah. think, is the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know when I do this, I make everyone want to live in a bunker. <laughs> hey, only no, cash, but... But, <laughs> but let me ask one more question, sure. because my mother was... extremely private and protective Mm -hmm. and really, really, really had done a phenomenal job at managing her finances. That's great. It it really is. Very happy to hear that. Um, But there were times along the way that I thought, but what if? Mm -hmm. What if something is happening? And I didn't know. I didn't have access because she was so private. Do you have any suggestions as to how how to have that, not necessarily how to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. but are there some things that that the adult children can do that will help the parent feel more comfortable or begin to open up to the adult child? I I don't have any suggestions for that. I think that a lot of that is building that relationship with that parent and making sure that they do feel they can talk to you, that, you you know, they're going to explain to them that, you know, there's just some cognitive decline issues that everyone deals with as they age and keeping a do- an eye out on that math or out, an eye out on those investments and things like that. Some people are comfortable with different things. There are um, banks that will allow you to become uh, an emergency contact on mm-hmm. accounts, which mm-hmm. I think could be really useful for people. Mm-hmm. There are ways that you can see the account but not access the account, so you could see if there were a lot of odd things mm-hmm. coming out, um, maybe to particular people that you don't know. That would be a good way to keep an eye out on things. A lot of it is really individualized, um, but there are more and more, there's more and more recognition that this is an issue, and there's more and more people stepping up to either create legislation or to help work with family members who are trying to do the best thing for aging parents. So I, I hope that's helpful. I feel like that's not the most complete answer. But well, well we, we now are at a very different place, but, um, but, um, but, but yes, it, I mean, at 96, my mother was still managing her own money. Well, I mean, phenomenal. She was just phenomenal. That is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, allowing, you know, if they can tell the person who's assisting them with managing or an accountant or anything, you know, 
feel free if you need to to also call my daughter or to you know call my son-in-law if you if you think something odd is going on double check because sometimes that's the way these scams are kind of halted is they go into the bank and you know they want to wire fifteen thousand dollars and the bank teller says you know is it okay if we just double check and, and call Francis real quick on that one you know before we I'll wire it for you don't worry but can I just double check with her you know and that's huge. That can right, that right. can stop something in its tracks. Mm-hmm. I, I think Frances raises a really good point. It's it's difficult, and sometimes you know we're in our fifties. We don't think about our parents aging and maybe slowly starting, or maybe quickly in some cases making mm-hmm. some some questionable choices. Mm-hmm. But that's really how I began it with my father, who absolutely is was very private about his mm-hmm. finances, and I started out by approaching him saying, you know, I understand that some insurance companies will allow me to be notified if you forget to make right. a payment. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, he thought that was a great idea because he didn't do anything on the computer. So we just there started with that. Mm-hmm. Then I said, well, what about me just, you know, having, um, setting up an online account with your checking account, just in case you have any questions, because my mother would frequently write a check and then forget what she wrote it for. And then my father would say, what did you write that check for? <laughs> so this way I could quickly go check, online and right. tell her. So it turned out, you know, to be a resource. So we just really very slowly moved through those mm-hmm. things. It was more difficult with my father because he was like your mother, mm-hmm. very independent, very right. private. When my mother ended up um, having to manage everything, she was pretty open of just just take care of it i just right. want to know whether i have any money yeah. i spend too much money this week so it really does vary from family to Absolutely. family but Absolutely. i think not being um, afraid or nervous to have those conversations at a relatively early age with your parents and your spouse and your other family members. right i mean that's right some of the science behind it just shows you know you're more i think it's mild cognitive decline i hope i'm saying this correctly mild cognitive impairment you're four times more likely to make financial errors and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And and that can happen before you realize you have it, sure. your family realizes, your spouse won't know. And it's, you know, just a small mistake that can be a huge deal. So there are just certain things that scientifically happen to people as they age that maybe if you explain it to them that way, you know, I'm not saying you're stupid. I know you can handle this, but... You know, generally speaking, people your age deal with this as an issue. Do you mind if I just double check? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so maybe that would go. It depends on the person, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is, uh, Lauren, is there any other information or resources that we haven't talked about that you think our listeners should be aware of? Anything we've not touched on? I don't think there's anything we haven't talked about. I think I just, if I could, I just want to highlight some things, you know, be... <laughs> Be careful about those free lunch seminars, right? I, I, I'm sure everyone's getting invited. I have two that I just put in my trash today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a study that came out a little while ago, and they said 78% of seniors had received an invitation. And I thought to myself, I bet it's 100%. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it was only 78 Right. Um, yeah. But then they went and reviewed the seminars, and I think they said 100% of the ones that they reviewed were sales presentations, and a third of them had false or misleading information. Um, so, you yeah. know, I always tell people, if you want that steak, I-, I cannot stand in your way of having a delicious dinner. But you need to be aware of what you're walking into. You need to not be pressured. You need to make sure you do your own research. Take the materials home. Don't give out personal information. 
things like that. Those are really big. The other thing I want people to to do is just double check on credibility. And that goes across the board. You know, if someone calls and says they're from the IRS, this is a very, uh, seniors right now, I think have grown up in a much more trusting generation, right? You could trust who was calling. You could trust the people you worked with generally. People might, we're we're a lot more skeptical, (laughs) fortunately. Um, But you do, you want to double check credibility. If you get a call and they're asking for money, you need to double check that. You need to call the number you have for your bank or you have for your accountant or you have for your doctor. Um, And you also need to be really careful. There are a lot of fancy titles out there, you know, wealth manager and financial planners and, and investment consultants. And then there's also a lot of alphabet soup. You know, there's a lot of names or a lot of letters that go after people na- people's names that just sound fantastic. You know, and there are a lot of letters and who knows what they mean, but gosh, they look good on that business card, don't they? You need to double check. You need to ask what they mean. Ask where they're registered by or certified by. You know, how did they get that title? We have someone um, in North Carolina who was going around and they were a CHSG. What is that? That's a great question. Do you have any guesses what a CHSG would be? Certified. Certified. That's that's the first one. Health. It's not health, but my point is what you're doing right now is exactly what people did. They just filled it in themselves and nobody asked. And you know what it ended up meaning? Certified high school graduate. Wow. Isn't that, I, oh. and I, I always giggle because I go, I did know you could be certified. <laughs> wow. You need to ask, right? Yeah. You need to double check credibility. Um, they're, they're, they're working really hard to look good, to, sure. to, to manipulate you. So just always be careful. Be careful about calls that come out of the blue asking for money. Um, and please, you know, double check it. I, I know some people at the Department of Justice from everything they've ever told me, they'd much prefer that you call and double check that the person you're dealing with is who you think you're dealing with. Make sure there aren't any complaints. Um, same with our office. We would so much rather you call first mm-hmm. and double check. It's a lot. We know it, but mm-hmm. once some, it's, it's a lot ounce of prevention. Yeah, yep, right. ounce of prevention worth yeah. a pound of cure here. Once the money is gone, unfortunately, it's really hard to get it yeah. back. So. Good advice. Yes. Good. Sorry to end on a downer. <laughs> no, great but information. But I hope it was helpful. And, and every state's going to have the same thing. So they'll yeah. always have agencies that you can call. And, and every state has a Secretary of State's office. They should. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if, if, you know, all else fails, just call the Secretary of State's office in your state, and they can refer you to appropriate. Yeah, Secretary of State's office, call the Department of Justice. I, I can't speak for other states, but I know one thing I tell people uh, in my presentations is that if you call me, I'm going to figure out where you need to go. I, I, I know a lot of people, and I, I will help figure out who it is that you need to speak with if it's not me. But and I am sure the same goes for other states and other agencies. You know, mm-hmm. Most people want to be helpful. Wanna most be helpful. people want to make right. sure that you get to where you need to go so you can make the reports you need to make. Yeah. Great. Great. So. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. This and thank fun. you to our listeners for listening to the caregiver community. Francis, Laura, and I hope you have enjoyed and uh, most importantly learned something today about caregivers, caregiving, and financial issues. This program is part of the MeSH network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about MeSH and check out the other programs available for free at www.themesh.com. 
that's M-E-S-H dot TV. On that site, you may also send Francis and I a question or a recommendation for another topic using the Contact Us button. We also encourage you to find us on Apple iTunes, where you may subscribe to our show, and in this way you'll make sure that you get all future episodes automatically. You'll also find a link to the MeSH website on our ACAP community website. Francis, can you tell people a little bit more about ACAP community? Yes, we have a website that has all sorts of information on it, uh, including this podcast and other podcasts, what, about 25 podcasts, I think, by now. Um, and you can access our, our website at www.acapcommunity. That's A-C-A-P, as in Adult Children of Aging Parents, acapcommunity.org. So www.acapcommunity.org. Or even call us toll-free at 1-877-599-ACAP. That's 1-877-599-2227. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Laura. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.